These are the tribulations of Paulette. Not that I'll quote this on the record, but one lesson I've learned over the years is that my mom, Nancy, is always right. Bad things happen when you're not where you're supposed to be. As I watch Ted empty his pockets onto the hood of my car at the behest of a policeman, I see my mom's hologram looming like the Cheshire Cat over the scene, smirking and nodding, I told you so. It appears that Ted and I are about to get arrested for possession of marijuana, a mild misdemeanor, drunk driving, a felony, and perhaps even indecent exposure or trespassing. There's no accounting for this kind of poor judgment, except to say that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Once in college, when I had thoughts of being an actress, Nancy, pushing 45, accompanied me to a big New York audition. Rejecting me in the throes of my Medea soliloquy, the smarmy director smelled Nancy's pheromones and offered her the part. During our consolation dinner later, we sat next to a Gordon Gecko-type big shot who invited us to Studio 54. Excited, we cabbed uptown and waltzed past a freezing line to the bouncer who checked a list and promptly unleashed the velvet rope. My mom, a fur-coated divorcee from a small town, was wowed by the scene. We slugged drinks, we smoked cigarettes. Men surrounded us, hoping to get in on the ground floor of our mother-daughter act. It wasn't long before Mr. Gecko himself materialized, handed me his suit jacket, and hustled mom in her black St. John dress onto the dance floor. Boogie, oogie, oogie, hot stuff, I will survive. Mom's wild dance with Gecko summed up a generation. Then, Disco Inferno. Up above my head, I hear music in the air. And the Studio 54 fog machines roared to life. Mom was mid-dip with Gecko when, without warning, an enormous torrent of brown water shot from a clogged fog machine above. She was instantly drenched. She slid over the back of Gecko's knee to the dance floor, where she flopped around like a wet rag doll, hair plastered to her forehead, mascara cascading in black rivulets down her cheeks. While I watched in horror, Gecko picked her up under the armpits and dragged her through the fog across the dance floor. We made for the ladies' room, where we attempted unsuccessfully to clean her up while people of indeterminate sex snorted coke and made grunting sounds in the stalls behind us. At least Gecko was a gent and put us in a cab back to our hotel, muttering all the way, what was I thinking? I'm a middle-aged woman. Why did I go to Studio 54? What if I get Legionnaire's disease from that awful water? My dress is ruined. Catholic guilt. That all-out eclipser of sex hormones won again. Nancy's midlife crisis was over before you could say, burn, baby, burn. So now it's me, not at all where I'm supposed to be. I shove the vape pen under my seat and fumble for my registration as the cop leans into the car. 
Please step out of the vehicle, miss, and I join a white-faced Ted. I'd like you both to take a seat in the back of the cruiser. And we follow him meekly. I notice the name on his badge. It says Danilo. Unusual, but I've heard it before. A woman who works in my dad's dental office has the same name. Ted grabs my hand nervously as we slide across the sticky backseat of the cruiser. Officer Danilo is on his radio, making sure that Ted and I aren't bank robbers when I tell Ted about the name. Maybe they're related, I say. After all, it's a small town. Ted whispers that cops hate it when you make small talk and shushes me. After ten long minutes, Officer Danilo asks us to step outside again. Okay, folks, would you like to tell me what you're doing here? This is the opening I've been looking for. Our high school classmate dropped dead, I say, and we were planning our reunion together. We have to go to his wake. I take a deep breath. Officer, I couldn't help but notice your name. I was wondering, are you related to someone who is a dental hygienist? The officer pauses. My mom is a dental hygienist, he says. You know, I think she works in my dad's office. Is her name Jeannie? That's my mom, he says, and he smiles proudly. Are you? I'm his daughter, Paulette. I'm sure we've met before, but not for a long time, I say, batting my eyes. What a small world. I didn't know Jeannie's son had grown up so quickly. I turn to Ted. Jeannie has worked for Dad for years. She's a magician with plaque. There's a moment of stunned silence while Officer Danilo takes this in. Paula, you've got me in a tough position here. To be honest, I was about to request a breathalyzer. Oh, we're old high school lovers, I say, pointing to Ted. You know how that goes. Evidently, he does. Tell you what he says. You both need to sober up before either of you gets behind the wheel. I won't charge you with anything, but you have to let me drive you to the wake. Leave your car here. I'll bring you back afterward. By then, you'll be fine to drive. This sounds too good to be true. A police escort, in the strictest sense. I run to my car, grab my handbag, turn to get in the front seat of the cruiser, and see that Ted's already inside. Get out, I hiss. Do you want him to change his mind? I've got a ride shotgun. Chagrined, Ted moves to the back seat. How he's changed from the stallion in the front seat to a perp skulking in a cage back seat behind a scratch divider. Where to, officer asks? Cordero Funeral Home? This is actually kind of fun, riding up front in a cruiser. I chat up the officer. We talk about gun laws, golf, flossing, and what's wrong with the Republican Party. Then my cell phone rings. It's Ted, calling from the back seat. What the hell, Paulette? Are you flirting with this guy? I click end, leaving Ted to stew in jealousy. He's lucky he's not stewing in a jail cell. I bat my eyes at Officer Danilo and say, sorry, wrong number. When we arrive at the funeral parlor, Officer Danilo jumps out of the cruiser, opens my door, and offers me his arm. I sense that this young policeman has gotten a whiff of the moans. I also sense Ted's death rays burning a hole in the back of my head as he follows us up the steps. This is as far as I'm going, the officer says. I'm still on duty. You go in and do what you need to do, and I'll be waiting for you right here. He gives me a toothy, plaque-free smile, squeezes my arm, and turns away as I face a surly, sulking Ted.
music for this podcast is written and performed by Eric Fontana. Next, are you sure it's mine? Till then, ta-ta. It's one to time.